ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. In celebration of Black History Month, Hyundai is proud to support the OWN Network. Have you ever thought about your car personality? What's your vibe? Do you like the classic fully gas-powered engine? Are you a best-of-both-worlds type? Driving on battery power while keeping gas on reserve? Or are you more inclined to choose a convenient hybrid ride? Whichever your vibe, there's a Hyundai Tucson to match and a powertrain to get you there. Okay, Hyundai! Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the 2023 Hyundai Tucson. The 2023 Tucson Plug-in Hybrid is only sold in California, Colorado, Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Vermont. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes, I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Today is a holiday in honor of a great man. For all Americans, it should be more than just another day off of work. We should all set aside some little bit of time on this day, I think, to remember where we once were in this nation and the young man who forced an entire country to wake up and look at itself and to change. Martin Luther King Jr. would have been 60 years old this year had he not been murdered by an assassin's bullet in Memphis over two decades ago. This hour, I ask you to join me and my guests in remembering and honoring the short life of a man who saw suffering and injustice and refused to look the other way. In 1963, Martin Luther King was thrown into a jail cell in Birmingham, Alabama for protesting segregation and racial injustice. While there, he wrote a letter to critics of his movement explaining why he believed in nonviolent civil disobedience and why the movement could not wait. 
Dr. King was a charismatic young leader of the civil rights movement, but he did not fight the battles alone. Across the country, as never before in recent history, just average citizens stood up and put their lives on the line. They boycotted, they segregated buses, they sat in at segregated lunch counters, marched in the face of fire hoses and attack dogs. Thousands went to jail, some were killed. My guests today all knew and fought nonviolently with Martin Luther King. They opened doors that were closed to black people, helped bring closer together a divided nation. My first guest went to school with Dr. King, reported on the bus boycott in Montgomery, and was arrested for protesting in Chicago. Please welcome historian and author, Lerome Bennett, Jr. My next guest was education director for Dr. King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Dr. Dorothy Cotton sacrificed her personal life for the civil rights movement, helped the poor and disadvantaged to understand why the movement was so very important to their future. My next guest served as director of affiliates for the SCLC and still dedicates his life to the eradication of racism in America, Reverend C.T. Vivian. My next guest is indeed the man who walked through troubled waters with Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Abernathy was confidant, strategist, and sometimes sailmate to his beloved friend, Martin Luther King. Please welcome all of our guests. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for joining us here on this holiday. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Reverend Abernathy, do you remember the first time you saw or met Dr. King? I remember it very, very clearly and very, very vividly. Uh, Martin Luther King uh, was preaching in the Ebenezer Baptist Church, his father's church. And I took a segregated bus from Atlanta University dormitories where I was living. Uh, and went over to uh, hear him preach a powerful sermon. Had you heard about him? Yes, I had heard about his, this young rising seminarian and uh, I was in Atlanta and attended Atlanta University and I just wanted to meet him and I wanted to hear him and he held a church meeting at the close of the service but he greeted the congregation and the next time I saw him he had my date 
uh, on his arm. Uh, <laughs> and we discovered uh, that was uh, three uh, days later. And we discovered that at that time he remembered me and uh, that we lacked the same things. <laughs> <laughs> was the date to Mrs. King? Correct? No, no. Uh, it was not Mrs. Abernathy nor Mrs. King. <laughs> 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 earlier. <laughs> and so the, the, the friendship progressed from there? Yes, uh, he took off uh, at the close of the summer and went to uh, back to Crozer Theological Seminary and I took off and went to join the faculty at Alabama State University in Montgomery, Alabama and finally uh, the Board of Deacons of the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church and the Pulpit Committee invited him to uh, preach uh, the trial sermon, uh, uh -huh. try out for the church, and he had to bring Vernon Johns, right. who was my guest uh, at the First Baptist Church the next uh, Sunday morning, and Vernon Johns persuaded him to join him for the meal that Juanita had prepared, the delicious meal, and for the Must old Must have been prophet. good, you still remember it. <laughs> <laughs> for the old prophet, and uh, the first thing uh, that I did uh, was get up the next morning and go and participate in the first form of integration in Montgomery, Alabama. What year was this? Yeah, uh, this was in 1954. In 1954. It was a great year. I was born then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, uh, he called me. I was preaching on the radio, and he called me to thank me for the sermon that I had d delivered. He had preached on faith, and uh, the first sermon I heard, and my sermon was built on trust, mm -hmm. trust in God. And so that marked our meeting, and it ended on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel mm. when he died in my arms mm -hmm. on April the 4th, 1968. We're sharing memories of Dr. King. You remember Reverend Vivian, first time you met Dr. King? Uh, yes, I think we all do. Is, uh, I was an editor at the Sunday School Publishing Board of the National Baptist Convention in Nashville. So things kept coming across my desk about this man in Montgomery. So I began to collect them because my first sit-in, my first act of nonviolent direct action was in this state. In 1947, in Peoria, Illinois, we opened the lunch counters. But we didn't know what to do with it from there. So when I heard about Martin, I started collecting all the material. And I started putting together a 24-page piece. So he was at Fisk University, and this would be my first chance to see him. So I went out as a journalist to interview him so that I could get very close and I could find out what I wanted to do by myself. I was mm -hmm. using my press credentials as a way of getting very close to him so I could really talk it out. And then I wrote an article that I put in that 24-page piece that I did mm -hmm. along with other material by Doc, which I published and put out for what was the first march on Washington. Now, we don't call it the first march on Washington, but that's when I also met Ab, because Ab and Martin was together on the train that came up through Tennessee. Right. Remember? Yeah, remember? And we were going in into... To the uh, National Baptist no, uh, to, uh, And from there to the prayer pilgrimage. That's right. See what I mean? <laughs> See, the first march on Washington was really a prayer pilgrimage that Martin did, right? Mm -hmm. But we didn't call it march on Washington. It was prayer pilgrimage. And we had a train. We had it coming up. And, uh, no, Ab's right. 
As we were going to the National Baptist Convention. Uh, we were going to the National Baptist Convention. <laughs> to the board meeting of the National Baptist Convention. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I gave them copies of the 24-page piece that I put out. And we sat there on the train and talked about it for about 15, 20 minutes. And then I got up and left because uh, somehow, you know, I knew that I was sort of intruding. You understand mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then later, uh, of course, Martin King called me to his staff. And, uh, uh, and from that time on, of course, uh, under Martin, we made history. Dr. Cotton. It's Dorothy. Oh, okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, I was living in Petersburg, Virginia, uh, at the time I met Dr. King, and we were engaged in local protest activity there. It was during the midst of the sit-in movement, which was the sit-in activity was springing up all over the place. But black people could not use the public library in Petersburg, Virginia. And uh, I was very active in the Gilfield Baptist Church, where Wyatt Walker was the pastor. Wyatt was also the head of the local NAACP. But in the midst of our protest activity, as in all of the cities where this activity was taking place, there were mass rallies, mass meetings in the evening when we tried to get more and more people in the communities involved in what was going on, understanding why we were protesting and uh, why Walker was giving leadership to this activity. So we started doing workshops and trying to engage mostly youngsters in the activity. Can I stop we you for a moment because I read sure. a story where you were carrying a picket sign, and yes. an older black man yes. said something to you. What, yes. you remember that? Yeah. Well, uh, we were picketing uh, in front of what was then called the dime store, and um, this man came up to me and said, uh, lady, ain't you got a table at home? And I realized... And he was a black man. Yes, yes. It's an elderly, older black man, mm -hmm. I should say. And I was stimulated by the question and really uh, was motivated to give him my best answer. But it made me really focus on why I was doing what I was doing, engaged mm -hmm. in this activity. And so I was able to share with him, I think, the insult of it all. And I said to him, well, how would you feel if your wife were down here shopping and she would have to go all the way back home to get a cup of coffee or to use the restroom? How would you feel? And I realized that I was probably at the time clarifying the goals and purposes for myself as well. At, at the time, it just felt right that we uh, engage in this activity. We felt, I'm sure that I always felt the insult of being relegated to a particular place. I remember saying a poem and the pledge to, of allegiance to the flag and ending it with, with liberty and justice. The line is for all, right? And I said in this play with liberty and justice for white. So, and this is as a child, I was feeling this insult. But I was able to articulate it to, with him in a way that clarified, and I started to build on that, because what we were doing was uh, recruiting other people to come to a better understanding of So why. you saw Dr. King at Reverend Walker's? He came to speak at our evening rally, and uh, we had a dinner, uh, Reverend Walker and Ann Walker had dinner at the uh, parsonage at their home for this preacher that we'd invited. We they noticed there's a lot of eating going on. <laughs> 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 yes, we did, he said to tell. He enjoyed <laughs> food and the fellowship around uh -huh. having uh, meals together. Yes, uh, we did eat. Amidst the poverty uh -huh. of the movement, we did eat. Lerone Bennett, yes. your memories. I met him for the first time in 1945. I went to Mohouse College in Atlanta. The house. The house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The house. I was a freshman. ML, as we called him then, was a sophomore. He was an upperclassman. He didn't talk to freshmen. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we became friends. 
uh, Emil then was a serious, sober, brilliant student. He was a lot of fun. He wore a great big, big apple hat and draped pants. And he was not, in short, the ML or the modern of history. <laughs> really? And, uh, one but of I, the you know what? I think it's so important that, that you all are sharing these memories. I was talking to Maya Angelou, and she was saying that oftentimes in history, we take heroes and we make them totally unreal to the children. And she said the, one of the wonderful things about Dr. King was his sense of humor, and nobody ever talks about his <laughs> sense sure. of humor. So I'm I glad to know it. you wore the, yeah. the, the big apple hat. I talk about it all the time. You do, yes. 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 He, had a great, he had a great sense of humor, yes. and also for young Was people. he obviously somebody, though? I mean, did everybody... It was obvious that he was going to become a successful person. Okay. People who attended school with ML often asked, did you know then that he was going to turn the world upside down? Uh -huh. And there's an official answer to that, and there's the truth. Uh -huh. uh, the official answer is, yes, of course we knew. Who do you think we were, fools? But, uh, <laughs> uh, but the, real the real answer is that we did not know then mm. that he was going to turn the world upside down. But you knew he was going to do something. He was going to do something. Mm -hmm. But the moral I draw from that is, I think, the best of all is that there's no way to tell about the mystery of the human personality. That's right. Mm -hmm. Go on. And that the next Martin Luther King Jr., he or she, That's right. may be sitting next to you, mm -hmm. maybe in your dormitory. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. I am sure that there are a lot of people who are not of color who wonder why we are celebrating this day. You all have heard it. I certainly have heard people say, you know, they're tired of hearing us talk about it because we now have our rights and so forth. And so why remember? But when I saw Eyes on the Prize, and I am a person who believes in my history. I've read all your books. Uh, Lerone Bennett, Jr. I have read all your books. It was actually seeing the video and, and realizing you know, visually, too, what went on. It's, it's hard for me to believe that I am standing here hosting this show, having come from there, you see? So that's one of the reasons why we remember, but you all have your own answers, too. It's hard well, for me uh, to believe, too, that we are sitting here talking about it, because I assure you that at the time we were getting involved, at least let me speak for myself, uh, I certainly had no inkling, no sense that it, the movement, would become what it in fact uh, became. But in terms of why we should celebrate, if I can just summarize uh, that speech that I make in a lot of places, I say, first of all, Dr. King rose to the occasion. And when I'm talking to especially younger people, I like to emphasize that he had so prepared himself that he was able to assume the mantle of leadership at a point when some very creative leadership was needed. And you know, we're talking
talking about the Montgomery bus boycott. And secondly, he was able to articulate for people very deep feelings. And he was not the only one who did this, but the voice most heard and most known. He was able to articulate for people deep rumblings inside of them and this unrest that people had felt for generations. Two more, Dr. King then was able to inspire people to action and to help develop hope where there was no hope. And he also gave us a new tool, a tool by which we could struggle. And then we could talk all day about the whole philosophy and strategies of nonviolence, the nonviolent way of bringing about social change. And the other thing is that he motivated massive numbers of people to get in action. Let me say this. I don't think a lot of people understand. It's not an issue of whether you're in the front of the bus or the back of the bus. That is symbolic of a, of, of a, deeper, a deeper thing. thing. It's yeah. not whether you can go to one water fountain versus another water fountain. Mm. It's what that does to your spirit. And you, Dr. Abernathy, came up through that. You were one of those little black boys whose life was endangered because to, to give birth to a male child who was black in the South, as a mother, you knew that, that your son's life was in danger. It really didn't matter what you did. Yes. I would like to comment on the fact that our young people must remember, and we must not n ever let them forget the road over which we have come. We must tell and celebrate the life of Martin Luther King, Jr., because we want our children, our children, to remember, and we want their children to remember. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to add that to what uh, Dorothy had to say. The second thing, uh, uh, I was born in Alabama, in a small town at Linden, Alabama. I am the 10th of 12 children. I, I'm glad my mother did not practice uh, birth control because she would have started it long before number 10 and I got it here. And, uh, uh, but uh, but I, I was afraid, but my daddy believed in economic development and he amassed 500 acres of land and uh, nobody would dare touch in the black belt and Abernathy, the son of Debbie L. Abernathy. He had uh, prestige in his church. He was a deacon in the church. But uh, uh, I was mistreated, and, but I never worked for a white man until I worked for Alabama State University, became a member of the faculty. Mm -hmm. My daddy taught me to not play or uh, uh, tussle with the fellows uh, of my age because they had to win the struggle, uh, if not, and uh, trouble would be created for him. And uh, it would just t be terrible and bad. I remember drinking from the fountain, Mark Colored, and drinking from the fountain, Mark White, uh, when nobody was looking. You know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I don't want us ever to forget, stony the road we, we have trod, trod. bitter the, the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Hope died during pregnancy, before it was delivered. Yet with a steady beat have not our weary feet come to the places for which our father sighed. We have come over the way that with tears have been watered, 
We've come treading the path through the blood of the slaughtered out of our gloomy path until uh, now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. And we are going to make it and the children will make it if they only believe in their own worth and dignity and their somebodyness. I know I am beautiful. God was blessed. Thank you. Diane, this is what I wanted to ask you. How did you all remain nonviolent? Well, we prepared for it. Mm -hmm. We had uh, weekly meetings, and we had workshops where we did what we called role playing. Mm -hmm. Somebody would take the role of the whites who would uh, try to beat us up, and we'd sit there and really gave a lot of thought to what we would do under those kinds of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some people couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Some people were able to do it who didn't think they could do it That's right. at first. Yeah, right. That's right. Yes, but we asked people if they didn't think they could hold the discipline to not go. Mm. Our lives were at stake. It was and so somebody who, you know what, what, one of the things that disturbs me the most in reviewing our history, there are people who dare say, our own people, who say, well, those people there were Toms, and why didn't they stand up, and why didn't they fight, not recognizing. You, want, you can explain that, yeah. Lerone. I want to say something about that. It wasn't that. a time to do that, yeah. The importance of, of this day is that we need to remember two or three things, I think. One is that Dr. King was connected to a tradition mm -hmm. and to a people. And when we honor him, we honor maids, laborers, cotton pickers, who held their ground for years and prepared the ground mm -hmm. for the emergence of Martin Luther King and, and, and the movement. The third point I wanted to make, just to get back for a moment to the question you asked, why white people should be interested in this. Mm -hmm. I, I want to make the point, without any equivocation, that Martin Luther King Jr. and the movement freed more white people than black people in this country. And, I, and you know, right. and I don't, I don't think we make that point often enough. Because of Martin Luther King Jr. and the movement, because of the people on this platform, the speaker excluded, white women were freed in this country. White students were freed in this country. The church was freed. <laughs> and American politics began the process of emancipation. You look at a, a city, just to take a concrete example, you look at a city like Atlanta. Yeah. I was in school in Atlanta, Dr. Appen. We were yes. all in school in Atlanta yes. when it was a Jim Crow, small, backward city. That's right. Look at the modern Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That's the gift of the movement. The New South is the gift of the movement. That's uh, right. That's the right. politics we have. All these people. <laughs> and Lord knows I'm grateful. A <laughs> <laughs> gift of the movement. And the, the point is that black people, brown people, white people, male people, female people are freer today. Yes. You know what is, the what, what, one of the reasons why I think everybody should see uh, the Eyes on the Prize series is because you do then see it. You see the, 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 the maids walking to work day after day and yes. walking 10 and 11 and 12 miles. And this wasn't just for a period of two weeks. You, see, you actually see the sacrifice. You see what the, the Arkansas Nine went through, marching into school and having all those people <laughs> screaming you know, horrible things at them and risking their lives every day just for the right to sit in the school and when I speak to students, what angers me so much today is that children have forgotten yeah. that or don't, were never yeah. taught yeah. that. Yeah. And then now yeah. go to never school taught. with their radios instead of their books. It yeah. is just, it is just yeah. mind-boggling yeah. to me how, 
how that could have happened yes, out of this yes. movement. Yes. Can somebody address yeah, that? Let, you know, I think as we look at Martin, what we really have to see is how profound Martin King was. We talk about generations waiting or generations consistently holding their ground. What they were holding their ground for was the time that somebody would come with a means and a method that would allow us to move forth, all right? That's what Martin did. Martin was profound. You asked the right question a while ago when you said, look, it is not just a matter of sitting on the front or back of the bus, right? See, what Martin did for us to bring us a new relationship, right? Martin understood that it really wasn't economics or politics, but it was change, it was a new relationship. So what Martin did with nonviolent direct action, with an act of love, that was beyond anything this culture knew, mm -hmm. was to create a new relationship between blacks and whites. As Martin said, quite like you were asking, the issue is not really black or white, the issue is justice or injustice, all right? The profoundness of Martin was that by using this method, he created a conflict in the American conscience. You see, America could no longer go to church on Sunday and fall on their knees and get up on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and fall on the Aborigines, all right, all right? You see what I mean? Is that um, uh, what Martin did with that conflict was take the American Constitution and everything that we said we believed, put it in conflict, because as we walked into the street, America had to make up its mind about who was going to define America, the racists and the bigots, or great men and women like a Martin King, right? The conflict in the American conscience. It created a new relationship because Martin understood that the changes needed were neither really political or economic. The real changes were needed was a new relationship, and his profoundness saw that the political and the economic would be a reaction to the new relationship. Mm -hmm. That America was big enough and powerful enough to let anybody in that they wanted to. They prove that every time that they bring over one ethnic group or the other, that's part of the uh, European experience, mm -hmm. all right? Is that they didn't want to let us in because the relationship was not right. Martin created a new relationship and America responded with new economic realities, new political realities. What is it so amazing is that he was so young. You know, the tapes of, of, the, of the two of you, Dr. Abernathy, speaking at the church in Montgomery, he was so young. He was 29 years old. I think yes, I was, uh, I couldn't than, even get my bills straight at 29. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. Well, uh, he was uh, free, he was young, articulate and able to convey uh, that message of hope and freedom to all who listen, to old people. I remember in right. the First Baptist Church so vividly of sitting near some women, old women, and Martin Luther King was speaking and he said, uh, we are tired, we are tired of being pushed out of the glittering sunlight of life's July and left standing in the pissing chill of an alpine November. We are tired. And one lady looked at the other lady and said, uh, what is that boy talking about? And, and she said, I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> the thing that impresses me from my perspective is, is that first of all, Unlike what most people think, the people started the Montgomery movement. And then yes. this, the genius of Montgomery Martin was this leader was it. here. 
who transformed the people, and the people and Martin kept pushing one another. So I always see uh, Dr. King in, in an intimate connection mm -hmm. with people and how he could dramatize okay. action and pull people to a new level of, of, of action and behavior. And Lerone, I see something else, his bravery and his courage uh -huh. and his sacrifice. faith and trust in God. Mm -hmm. He was not afraid mm -hmm. and he was willing to put on his jeans and go to the streets and he was not interested in uh, being anybody okay. special. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to be identified with the people and he wanted the poor people of America free. Mm -hmm. All poor people. See, I want to. What I want to emphasize is, I just don't want this to be a day of of speeches and announcements and yes. and let's have a silent moment and remember him. I think, and you've said some things about this, Rome, that we it's it's a personal decision how you want to take the for, for me and excuse me, I know Dorothy says it for me. We misunderstand King completely if we think this is a day to glorify and celebrate one individual. Yeah. This is your day. Mm -hmm. King's challenge is a challenge to you. Okay. What are you doing in Chicago? What are you doing in LA? Right. What are you doing in Atlanta? In your neighborhood. I mean, nobody's going to drop in and save you from yourself. Mm -hmm. This day is a day for you to recommit yourself. All right. Thank you all. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.